Do you know what the problem with watching this movie was for me? The secondhand embarrassment. No. No, I didn't have that much secondhand oh. embarrassment. In the, watching the Anna Kendrick show after that is when I had the secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> that was awful. But the problem is every single thing that she made, you realize the entire time I was thinking, you know, I could probably do oh, that. Oh, no. So, uh, hope you're ready to go buy some lobsters, because it's Thermidor time, baby. And I will kill that lobster. I'll kill it. To save it the pain of steaming in the pot. I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And this is... Home Viewing. A podcast where we watch every movie in our library in alphabetical order and sometimes other movies for themed episodes. Are you tired of my honest intros? You know, in the spirit of the holidays, sure, it's great. We should be honest and open with each other and in the spirit of sharing time with friends and family and food for the Pocket Podcast Potluck, we watch the movie about food. Rats. What? Oh, wait. No, no, no. No. No, we didn't watch that one. Aww. I mean, we might. We could still watch it. Bonus soon. Bonus soon. So, we watched uh, Julie and Julia, Nora Ephron's last film. It's a very good movie. What? I like it. She died? Yeah, I discussed this with you yesterday while we were Aww. watching. I was like, oh, this was her last movie before she died. That's depressing. What other hits did she do? What did Nora Ephron do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, what did Nora Ephron do? You know what Nora... No relation to Zac Ephron. No relation to Zac Ephron. It's spelled entirely differently. (laughs) You like these movies. Well, first of all, she wrote When Harry Met Sally. And she directed Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail. I don't think I've seen Sleepless in Seattle. I haven't seen Sleepless in Seattle either, but I've definitely seen You've Got Mail. Which is the source of that wonderful gif of... uh, Tom Hanks cracking his knuckles before di- and then putting them down on the keyboard. If I remember correctly, I really wanted you to watch You've Got Mail because I remembered it being really cute. Yeah, and then I did, and I was like, this is really cute. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful movie about the terrors of corporate bookstores. Huh. If only mm. we'd listened. Oops. Oops. This is a movie that is half biopic of uh, Julia Child in the 50s. Learning to cook and then starting her cooking empire. And some random journalist. Not even a journalist. A blogger. Wait. Oh, no. no, Because she worked at the call center. Yeah, she was working with... Yeah, she was a mid-level bureaucrat, according to her journalist friend, remember? What does that mean? Well, I mean, she was working in a government agency. Oh. But she was answering phones. Yeah, that's, that's what bureaucrats do. Oh, really? Okay. You know my favorite, like, montage in all of cinema? Mm. The space bureaucracy montage from Jupiter Ascending? Yeah, that's not what I was going to say, but okay. Yeah, but I mean, you're not... It's it's very good. It's... Bureaucrats are people who work in, like, mid-levels of government and, like, have to process claims, fill out forms, etc., etc. Oh. Yes. Because they work at bureaus. So, bureaucrats. You, you learned something new today. Wow. Are you very happy Light with bulb. yourself? No, I'm not. It's very <laughs> embarrassing. 
And you're all here learning with me. I learned that word in 1999 when I watched Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. (laughs) Because of course they talked about bureaucrats in that movie. But did you understand what they were talking about? Eventually. Like, yeah, see, not in 1999. Like three to four years later, I understood. Five or six. I mean... Yeah. I think this is just a word that was told to me, and I just kind of glossed over, like, I'm not really interested in knowing exactly what this is all about, but I know it's government. Okay, bye. <laughs> this is a movie where I literally screamed when each member of the main cast showed up. I did. You can attest to that. I screamed, like, in your ear at one point. Didn't you I? You did? Well, next, uh, next yeah, to your Well, ear. the only people that I could... Okay. So we've got, obviously, Meryl Streep. Yes. And the Tuchinator. Please, Stanley Tucci. <laughs> do not sully his name. Stanley Tucci playing Julia Child's husband, and they show up together on screen, and Meryl Streep is so tall, and Stanley Tucci is so short, and it's adorable. He's not that short. And I just, well, She's just very tall. Yeah, I just have to scream. I have to scream, because they're, it's wonderful. That's two people. And then... Amy Adams and Chris Messina oh, yeah, show up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's such a weird pairing. <laughs> I don't think that it is. Well, it is because I mostly know Chris Messina from the, the Mindy, Mindy Project. <laughs> and I think I, I've i seen this movie before. You have. But it was a very long time, and many Mindy Projects had been so launched. So you didn't even like fully comprehend. Did not remember was, he was in this movie I, at all. I didn't either until I was like look, looking at this movie before we were when we were renting it, I saw that Chris Messina was in it. I'm like, oh, that'll be a nice like surprise Like, the husband was just like a nameless face singing <laughs> the voice. You could have told me it was like Timothy Oliphant or like... You could have told uh, me anyone. You could have told me it was John fucking Mayer or something like that. No. Just like any random mid-2000s... Did he do acting jobs? Sometimes. Any random mid-2000s figure. And I would have believed you. Was he in that know? one Christmas movie with Taylor Swift? I don't... Are you do talking you about Valentine's up? Day? Oh, <laughs> I'm really good at movies. John Mayer acting I career. I can't think of a single. John Mayer on IMDb. Okay, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, no. Here we go. Everything is for soundtracks and cameos. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, he was in the movie Zombievers. Is that uh adult film? What is that? I mean, do we do we really want to dive into the zombie? Yeah, we do. It's, it's not an adult film, from what I can tell. It starred people who I don't know, and John Mayer and Bill Burr seem to have cameo appearances. Well, that was a sad. <clears throat> Apparently, the Backstreet Boys were in it. What? What year was this made? This was made in 2014. Is when it was released. What? Who knows when it was made? So it's old Backstreet Boys. Ooh. Yeah, it is. It is old. They did not age well. I think we can agree to that. Anyway, okay. So this movie. Oh, Mary Lynn Rashkub is in it. Who? Who? She's she's like from like that Chicago comedy Tina Fey sphere. Hmm. She plays like the the friend that doesn't go to the brunch with her, who she complains about like the (laughs) oh the cob the ritual cob salad lunch with. Oh god, that was brutal. Oh. She eats the breadstick and they take it out of her hand. Oh my Though god. Though I have to say, I'm definitely a Cobb salad no egg. <laughs> yes. Well, that's her order, so I guess that's the right order. Huh. Well, what would you get? But then her entire... Well, her entire thing... Would you just get the whole Cobb salad? 
What's Cobb salad again? It's like apples, blue cheese. No, there's no apples. I've seen Cobb blue... salads with apples. It's like They're blue kind cheese, of form. bacon, egg. Those are yeah. the three defining things. There's also like tomatoes usually. Probably like cucumber. Yeah. Fr- like veggies. I mean, I think like pretty much everything in, everything in a Cobb salad I would do. But It's I, like a BLT the, with the like. The problem I have is the hard boiled egg. You know, I don't really enjoy hard boiled eggs. I don't salad. either. Put a soft boiled or like a medium boiled egg in there. Not a salad? Then, oh, no. no. I think it would absolutely slap. Mm-mm. I think it would slap. I still don't want it. It is, it is wild to me that she was like, I've never eaten an egg because it That's... comes back later absolutely wild okay listen you you know what julie and julie is about you've absorbed it like through the osmosis of the culture i'm sure it's it's a it's a split movie it's half about julia child in in paris and in europe and writing the writing her first cookbook with uh simka and uh it is half about blogger julie powell who in i think it was like 2002 decided to cook the entirety of julia child's first cookbook in a year Remember when you could do, like, novel ideas on the internet? Yeah. It's, that was a time. Yeah, remember when you could just be like, you know what? I think we should watch every movie that we own. <laughs> and let's do a podcast stop about it. it. <laughs> and you do this to try and stop your husband from buying Blu-rays. Because you fully, but even fully knowing that it's only going to be a temporary hold. And if anything, just make him a little more discretionary. But then he won't stop buying Blu-rays. He'll keep accumulating them. It's been pretty bad lately. Well, because so many good movies have come out lately. You see, so the end of the alphabet just keeps getting longer. Well, the thing is, I keep buying... But there's so many in the top that just that never gonna, will get yeah, covered. Yeah, we're going to have to go back to the beginning once this is over and cover everything Are we, we're never stop. We're just forever doing this No, we're this forever podcast. doing it to make up the... <laughs> To make up for the ones that we miss. I guess if the brothers are still doing their podcast. But they make money off it. <laughs> what do I get? What you get is the satisfaction of doing something lovely with your husband. And I'm gonna have to pass. And you know and, and the knowledge that at least one or two of our friends are listening to our voices on a bi weekly basis. Aww. That is nice. Isn't that is it? nice. It is nice. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, visually, is it the most interesting movie in the world? I thought it was pretty visually interesting. I thought those the... kitchen sets were amazing. Oh no, the sets I love. Sets and set dressing were on point. All the P- Paris stuff, beautiful. Like you didn't like Amy Adams. I liked Amy Adams' apartment. I mean, the haircut was rough, but I mean. Was it a haircut or was it a wig? It was a... I don't know. I... I, I in, okay. In 2000... Okay, the the style in 2001, 2002 definitely was like those short haircuts. Yes, it absolutely I feel was. like she would, you know, would g- Amy, do it for the job. Would Amy Adams in 2008 or 2009 it. when this was being filmed have done this? Yes. I just don't know. I think so. It, But that's the kind of haircut that very easily could have been a wig. But it's so easily put into, like, a pixie afterwards. I just don't know. I just I just don't know. Well, I saw a picture of her uh, blonde for some other movie, and it was very good. What movie? I don't know. It came out a while ago. It is fun because I think... I don't know if this is her first role, but it's what I think of as her first role. Uh, oh, it's catch, No, Catch not. Me If You Can. Oh. I think of that as her <laughs> yeah. first role, and she fully is, like, full natural red hair color the whole time because it's hers like the is nurse with her the natural color though? i'm pretty sure or is it just her color her amy adams natural hair color we do the research here on home viewing 
Her real hair color is strawberry blonde, but she dyed it dark red for the TV show Dr. Vegas in 2004 and has since made her hair as a redhead. So, I guess her hair... This is close to her, like, natural hair color then. Like, what we were seeing in this. So, so her... Okay. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Oh, I haven't thought about her in a bit. Hold on. There it is. So there's not much difference between like... There's a big difference. It's a big diff. Okay. It is a pretty big difference, but it does have some orange undertones to it, I would say. Normally. So this may have been her actual hair. Yeah, I think it was her actual hair. <laughs> Where's the Oscar? Not she hasn't gotten one? I, no. What? I, I, I mean, unless she won for Hill. Allergy. Oh, no. oh. But I don't know. Now that you I say didn't... that, we just can end the podcast because I don't really want to mm-hmm. entertain people that decide to be in. <laughs> Listen, I'm a crossing jo- a, a lot off my list there. A jobs, a jo- you can't cut out Glenn Close like that. You're either well, a good Terminator or a bad Terminator. <laughs> the, o- the only Glenn Close I know is in the Dalmatians Haven't, movie. Have not watched that movie. Never gonna never? watch Hillbilly. I'm never gonna watch Hillbilly. Oh, I think I meant Terminator. No, oh, I've watched Terminator, but I'm never gonna watch Hillbilly Elegy. Is what I'm saying. And oh no, you mm-hmm. shouldn't either. None of you should. Just don't. Just don't do it. Amy Adams in this movie, she plays. Okay, I mean, I don't know. The thing is, the character feels like a stock character she is yeah it's like it's like she's got drive and she's doing her thing but it's kind of flat like that's all she does and and it kind of makes you understand because i looked this up it makes you understand what what julia child's criticisms of her were which is that she didn't talk about the recipe or talk talk about the finished product or what she learned it just felt like she was doing it just to do it. oh so like her entries were literally just like day one Made a salad. <laughs> Felt great. Okay, bye, everyone. I think this movie is also, in a way, about the dangers of parasociality, which is the thing that the internet loves to talk about right now. What? A, parasociality? Because of parasocial relationships, which are relationships that you have with people who you don't actually know, which is a, the way that celebrity oh. culture... Which is what everyone talked about with John Mulaney recently. And I don't oh. want... And you know what? Fuck off. Fuck off. We're not talking about that here. It just You fe- brought it up. No, I'm not I felt like we needed to cover it though, because that's so Did much we? of that's so much of what the back end of the movie is about. It's about her like feeling saying, I really feel Julia in the kitchen with her. In, in Julia in the kitchen with me. I feel like I'm having conversations with her. And at one point, Chris Messina literally says to Amy Adams, There's the real Julia and the Julia child in your head, and right now the Julia child in your head is the only one that matters. And like Honestly, it's no. true and not true, though. But in the context of what that was, she's not doing her project for Julia Child. Right, yeah. She's not doing it for her mom either, which, no. woof, those conversations with her mom were like devastating. Until, until the final one where she was like, you cook and you like to cook and this is good for you. When she finally understands, it was like, oh, nice little catharsis at the end there. But like, oof, it's, it's specifically like she's doing it for herself and Julia, not the actual Julia Child, but her idea of Julia Child has sort of, like, motivated her to finish it, in a way. Yeah. Even though it took Julia Child, like, literal years to master everything, probably. Like, 
which is probably why she was so critical of it. I was like, it took me, like, I, like, she actually took the time to make each recipe perfect, whereas, you know, Julie but, was just but doing a speed t- run. But at the same time, if you just want to learn how to do it all, I don't see what. Yeah. I, I thought it was a little unfair, but also, you know, she's a celebrity cook. What do you, what do you exactly. expect? <sighs> and of that time, oh my gosh, those ladies are mean. Did you see that beautiful <laughs> Le Creuset? That they had in yes, both of the kitchens. Yes, the red one. Yeah, like the reddish pink. Like, mm-hmm. oh. The beef bourguignon looks... Excuse me. The beef <laughs> bourguignon looks so beautiful in it. Hold on, hold on. The beef bourguignon! <laughs> Man, <laughs> Meryl. <laughs> I like that they had the uh, Dan Aykroyd... Saturday Night Live French chef sketch. Oh my gosh. first in the middle of it. <laughs> Which apparently Julia Child loved that sketch. She thought the impression was great. <laughs> okay, this is this is a fun movie. This is a good and fun movie. It is... There is some conflict. Okay, well, you know what? Okay. You know what didn't work? What didn't 9/11. work? 9-11. I'm ending this podcast... <laughs> This podcast is finally what I oh, wanted all no. along. No, no, well, it's just—it's really annoying. Okay, it's not that it didn't work. It's just really annoying that every movie that happened around or after two thousand one, everything between two thousand one until they killed Osama bin Laden, and a bit after that too, is about nine eleven. Every movie but, that was like, made in America. nothing in this movie has to do with 9-11, but we well, had to bring it her, up. Except that her job was that. That was, like, her actual job. That was her... The, the woman's actual job. I still don't understand job. what her job Okay, is. her job was helping people who had been affected by 9-11 and specifically by the Twin Towers collapsing... Oh, that's the only thing to she claim, did. ...to claim their benefits. Oh. And helping them process those claims... Etc. She was. I see. I see. A low. Yeah. She was a mid-level bureaucrat. Yeah. See, that's a. And it was very sad. It was. There's. I mean, I think. Like there's, when there's I one hear those... bureaucrat, I, I think of someone trying to like not give them their rights. Well, I think about that like very Nora. That that one shot that's very Nora Ephron, where it's like the sign that's like, "Do not become emotionally invested in your calls." Do and it pans up to her weeping Oof. into the phone. Well, I don't know. And trying to hide it. So like, since we just had like the 20th anniversary or whatever, um, there were all these good like stories, you know, journalist stories and podcast episodes about like 9-11. And I like hadn't, I guess I just kind of forgot or never really understood like the horrible health implications oh yeah that came along with anyone well, who no, was the, in like a in, <laughs> certain like mile a radius, block radius. Well, like mile within radius like a hundred block radius yeah because there's just so much well yeah it's like uh, they were talking about the kid with fiberglass in his lungs yeah and that one guide dog got like lung cancer or something and like died like prematurely because it had inhaled all those like particles yeah not good no it was actually very bad, and that—that's the stuff that really interests me, like the after effects the, oh, oh, and absolutely. actual like citizens that were affected by it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway. Oh, uh, you know what interests me is all the people who aren't in America who were affected by the reaction to nine eleven, like the uh, million dead Iraqis. Maybe did you say million? I said million. 
You didn't know that? Mm-mm. Yeah. They Oof. they don't like to talk about that. No. Of course not. It's it's true though. <sighs> America's broken. America's terrible. It was never great. Have to get that out of the way. Let's talk about the cute food. Can you talk about the cute food? What was your favorite dish? Hmm. There were a lot of them. Yeah, now I'm trying to remember them all. This is... I don't think this was my favorite, but what's coming to mind is that weird, like, like the pork turk, like, the du- duck oh, the, the, thing. The, 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 the pat, Chicken. the pot on croute. Yeah. The, uh, no, the, it's, it's, it's pork. Stitching it back up. It's the deboned, it's the last dish she makes. It's yeah. the deboned duck that is stuffed with pork. But you see it, like, stitched, multiple times. Yeah, stuffed with pork, stitched up, and then you brown all the sides of the duck to get the skin crispy. And then you roll out pastry and you cover the duck in the pastry. And then with the scraps, you cut out little shells, little fans, and then you put them all over the pastry. Is this your and then favorite? you bake it and you ch- and then you chill you it and serve it. it. Forever. You chill it and you, you chill serve it? it cold, which seemed oh. a lot of French food is served cold. I will say the aspects Savage. cracked me up. The what? The aspects. Oh, ew. Well, it's just interesting because I've gotten into stock. I mean, I haven't... I've not always, even close. I, I've not... What? What do you mean not even close? Wasn't that like horse hooves? No. Okay, it was a calf's hoof, first of all. But you boil the calf's hoof specifically to get the gelatin out. Ew. Which you can get from any bone. And you've seen how goopy some of my stock gets. Which is gelatin. That's That's flavor. That's no, flavor. it's gross. It's delicious. It's good for you. It's nutrients. It's all the good stuff. Horse bones is good for you, everyone. <laughs> Cheap gelatin is horse bones. Good gelatin is made from animals that you would already be using for me, if I'm honest. Like, which is which is part of why, like, when I make that like master stock, I always try and get the uh, master stock, the the pork knuckles, the uh, the the, the, the ham hocks. Just drop them in there. Yeah, Ooh, delicious. I'm trying to think. I can't think of like the. I'm thinking about like okay. She made the lobsters for the birthday party, right? Yeah, the lobster thermidor. She makes that ras that raspberry creme uh, Bavarian cream. Basic, but I'm just still thinking about that white cake with the chocolate icing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one was very pretty. Just uh, all the all the patisserie and pastry and cake stuff. The thing is, I guess where they kind of fall short is they never describe the taste of anything. So I don't really like. Like, I see it, but my mouth's not watering, the or, most, like... I, I mean, the thing... My, the, my mouth watered when I saw that beef bourguignon. It's, like, stock food. Like, you just kind of look at it, and you're like, oh, this is plastic, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you see, I think that's because I'm more involved in the cooking process, maybe? Maybe? Maybe because I've done more cooking, I, like, see the effort that's going into it, and I'm like, oh, I can kind of, like, predict what it's going to taste like in a way. And, like, I see that, and I'm like, oh, that's going to be amazing. But like I, I've watched something like Ratatouille, and I'm like, "Wow, I can taste this." No, <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine hearing jazz when you. But well, the thing is, uh, that's the thing about. Okay, we didn't watch Ratatouille, but we're gonna talk about Ratatouille for a second. <laughs> that's the. That's what's so good about that opening scene when Remy learns how to flavor blend. When he bites the cheese and then he bites the strawberry and they're like two rhythms that are working. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Bird is so good at that like kind of conceptual animation. Like, and then he bites them both at the same time. And it's like an explosion. Maybe that movie's not about food. It's 
It is and it's not. <laughs> that movie's about food, but it's also about creativity. Listen, every single movie Brad Bird has made is about creativity. And about the and in a way about the filmmaking process. And yes, I am including the Incredibles in this. And I'm very much including Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. What did I do? Anyway, okay. What else do we have to say about Julian? He climbs the Burj Khalifa! No one With suction cups! Okay, fashion corner. (laughs) Well, no, hold on. We've eaten so- we've talked about so much food. We've talked about some food. This movie is about food. I love the onion chopping scene, specifically. Oh. Her being competitive. <laughs> <laughs> but the best part is when Stanley Tucci comes home and watches her like chop this mountain of onions and he can't even come in the door because it's just so powerful. And she's like crying over there with and the he's, knife. And he's crying. She says, where are you going? And he says, not here. <laughs> so relatable. Also, like, Stanley Tucci and Julia Ch- and Meryl Streep this is the thing. Meryl disappears into that role. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like literally everyone else. You've noticed I've been saying Amy Adams. I've been saying Stanley Tucci. I've been saying Chris Messina. I watched this movie and I, and it takes me a second. Because my convention is usually to say the name of the actor. Not the name of the character. But I say Julia Child because Meryl is... I don't see Meryl. Like there are some movies where you see... Where, where it's Meryl and you see Meryl. You know? Like, I feel like because she's become so associated with Miranda Priestly, you see, you do see Meryl when you watch Devil Wears Prada, even though she fully, like, inhabits Miranda Priestly, but that's become, like, a signature character for her. And, like, when you watch Big Little Lies, when she's playing, like, the season two, when she's playing the mother of uh, Skarsgård's character, you just see Meryl. You just see Meryl. But you watch this movie, that's not Meryl, that's Julia Child. You know? She... The commitment. Her performance makes this movie, honestly. It is what it, it is what makes this movie worth worth watching. And in addition to that, the chemistry that she and Stanley Tucci have. It's incredible. Like, the movie's never laughing at them. You know? You feel like I feel like you see this like super tall woman, this super short bald man, and it's almost like it's inviting jokes and it acknowledges that maybe some people have made jokes about their relationship. But their relationship is entirely earnest. And there's never any, like, ball and chain stuff. There's never any, like, oh, yeah, well, we're a burden on each other. It's, it's, they're, it's, they're so supportive of each other and believe in each other all the time. Well, because this is, well, this also might be because this is Julie imagining her life. I don't know if her Ooh. life really is that straightforward. But also, well, but, but, they just make a good team and, like maybe he does hold a little bit of resentment because remember when he goes on that one weird like trip where they like basically tried to like um well i don't think he's resentful of her i think he's resentful of the government because oh we didn't even talk about this there's the undercurrent of anti-communism happening at the time because mccarthy is is rising to power in the background and they're constantly talking about it whenever like his work at the at the embassy comes up yeah, I don't really know much about... About Senator McCarthy? I mean, I know McCarthyism. He, that is McCarthyism. Senator McCarthy is. So, like, anti-communism? That, yeah, the anti-communism, but specifically the witch hunts, the blacklists, all that. That was... So in- they were really out there trying to get people, like... R- barred from... Because they worked in China. Was it, was it like, a... Like, were there actual, like... Black... Threats, threats of people, like... 
bringing communism though like well if that is no. a, can if you can call it i don't know this I is mean, a whole big okay there were were there russian operatives in the u.s at various times yes were the people who worked in the embassies trying to like build communism in the u.s no no were Hollywood screenwriters trying to build communism in the U.S.? I saw that movie. You did see that movie. They, they were, no but their, their version of communism was just capitalism, which was the joke. We might see some octopuses or a half a dozen clams. Mermaids got no gams. No gams. <laughs> watch hail caesar we already talked about it if you haven't watched it yet what are you doing go watch it if you do i'll tap dance for you there's a little maltese dog named gerp named angles it's he's wonderful oh my gosh <laughs> alden ehrenreich is a maltese. cowboy is looks it? like a malt it's either a maltese or a shih, shih tzu that was like a bichon it, maybe it was a bichon freeze they're one of those little mop dogs. A mop dog? I don't. I don't. But it was like a curly dog. Angles hail Caesar. Let this is very important to Julia and Julia. It's it's set in a similar period. It, it, Where's this I dog? Can't find, I Why? can't find a picture of the dog. I can't find a picture That's of the dog. Criminal. Hold on. Maybe if I Google Channing Tatum dog hail. Oh wait 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 wait. Because isn't the dog riding the submarine? Yeah, the dog does get on the submarine with it. It looks like a Maltese to me. It looks like a Maltese to me. It's it's hard to tell from that screen cap. It's hard to tell from that screen cap. Channing looks good, though. This is ridiculous. Why are there no other pictures of this dog? I don't know. What are you doing, Internet? Couldn't tell you. No dogs in this movie. There is a cat, though. That, oh, that pretty so orange kitty cute. who gets concerned when the Buffbergion burns. It's oh. adorable. They live above a pizzeria, and it's the hardest thing that they've ever done, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I live in an outer borough. Oh no. I live in New York City, yeah, but I so don't live on Man in Manhattan. It's so relatable for I the common Joe. Don't live in Brooklyn. <laughs> I live in a pizzeria. And her friends are millionaires. With my Jeep Wrangler husband. I only make 100K. I'm implied to be from the South, but I have no accent. That part was weird. Yeah, because her mom has an ex accent, but she doesn't. Yeah. But that holds that holds true. If she they're was implied actually to be from, from Texas. There. Like... Oh, that's a different kind of South, though. Well, her mom does have that Texas accent, though. We, your cousin over in Abilene, who gets the, who's a cross, he's got the husband, she's got the husband who's the crossword nut. He saw you in the New York Times, <laughs> Julie. <laughs> I don't even know who played her mom. I couldn't get, like, a good, because we never no, see her. We only hear her on the phone. Not important. Not important. Probably no one we know. Okay, let's go to the concession stand already. I am getting thirsty. Welcome to the world of Pokemakers. We're Professors Fierce and Fierce, but you can call us Alex and JD. And we're making an all-new Pokemon game. But not, like, coding it, just in podcast form. What does that mean? Well, we're going to have discussions planning out our own region. Characters such as gym leaders, professors, and our own evil team. 
And of course, all new Pokemon. Check us out at Pokemakers on Twitter, on the Pocket Podcast Network, or wherever you find podcasts. Gotta Gotta make them all! Fashion Corner. Fashion Corner? Yes, Fashion Corner. For Stanley Tucci. And for everyone, for the 50s fashions. How do we feel about the 50s Parisian chic? It's fine. You didn't like all the nice suits and hats and stuff? They're fine. They're fine? (laughs) You know, that's not my really dick. What about the Valentine's Day parties? Oh my god, the big hearts. The giant hearts. I like that. I'm a... I want to do dumb tacky stuff like that and like the, the adorable like little jackets they wore at their little cooking school like les trois oh, yeah <laughs> it was adorable it was adorable and the pearls were good the one scene with at the birthday party where she gets the uh julia pearls was very yes, cute adorable and she just, she has this fake pair on and she just rips them off of her neck. Well, the, the, the giant, like, plastic yeah. ones. Yeah. And I think these were also, like, lab, they weren't, like, super nice pearls. But, like, it was still, like, Christmas Eve buying, like, the nicest pearls that he could afford her, which was, like, cute. All the Christmas Cena stuff was, like, pretty cute. And, like, I felt like his grievances that he had against her were not illegitimate because she had kind of become no but him leaving was a little dramatic him leaving was dramatic but that's how it goes in the movies he looks i mean he the the rumpled office sleeping in the office was a look for him i will say <laughs> it was a look for it him. is funny that he just went to his office and not <laughs> like a friend or family or something he lives in new york friends might have been in the outer boroughs <laughs> You can't just go to another borough to sleep. Wouldn't have to, have go, to ride the you subway. Go all the way to Bronx, to the Bronx, to sleep. Like, come on. I hope we're not alienating any New York listeners that we have. I don't think we have, we any, have any, so it's fine. I don't know anything about New York, so. There's boroughs. That's what I know about it. There's five of them? There's five of them, yes. But only four that matter. And there's pizza in all of them. Probably. Yes. But there are only four that matter, and there's one that doesn't count. <laughs> what doesn't count? Staten Island. Oh, yeah, that doesn't it only, count. It only counts in what we do in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you ready? To rate. Are you? Well, it's your turn to go first. You always say that. I don't know if it's true. It is. Or not. No, last time I went first. Last time, last time. Yeah, you went the War Boys show. Mad Max. No. <laughs> okay, I am going to give this. I don't. I don't know what our rating system is. Mm. I'm giving this three point five out of five lobsters. Really? Yeah. I thought you would have rated it a little higher. Really? Yeah. I mean, I would rate half of it higher, you know? Half. Oh, the I think Julia I think the stuff. Julia stuff works a lot better than the Julia yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's really good and it's I think it's fighting itself at the seams somewhat. There are some scenes where they do the parallels beautifully and it it, it it's pulled off well. There are some where it doesn't make as much sense, where it's like she's just being arbitrarily paired with her because she did this project, and it's like, 
her journey doesn't really reflect Julia's in a way, but it does in some. So I don't know. It's interesting. Hmm. So much of Julia's journey is about, like, her persistence, but also, like, her reliance on others and her bringing out the best in others. And I feel like Julie's journey didn't reflect that as much. It reflected, like, her relationship with her husband a little bit, but it, like, it didn't feel, I don't know, it didn't feel as real in some ways. Hmm. But that's that's just my my take on it. Okay. Give me yours. Um, three point two cooking classes. Did you rate it lower just because I rated mine two point five? <laughs> you don't always have to do lower than me, babe. It doesn't always have to be lower. You just knock my yarn down. It'll survive. Nope. Nope. Gotta get new yarn. We're a part of the Pocket Podcast Network. Other shows in the Pocket Podcast Network include... No Dice. Sorted. Steampunks. And a bunch of other great shows. You can check them all out on pocketpodcastnetwork.com. Our music is by... The Organ Machines. It's from their first EP, Parallels. It's the song Oil Waves. They've had a new single out for most of the year yeah, now. Yeah. You should go listen just to fast it. Fast forward. Okay. Just, just go do that. Sure. Yes. I'm not sure what we're watching next week. I haven't... I haven't looked. Hmm. Like next time, I think, I think we're we we finally finished the ends, right? So it's gotta be Knight's Tale. No, <laughs> we don't have we don't, we don't Tale. have that one. <laughs> we should be moving into. Do we have any O's? I don't know if we even have any O's. I'm gonna go find out if we have oh, any O's. Oh wait, I'm at the wrong side of the alphabet. You are at the wrong side of the alphabet. <laughs> Let me go find this out. This has oh, been a oh, second. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 yeah, baby! Are we oh, at the oceans? Yeah! <laughs> yes! Time for Three a heist. Three in a row! Oh, no. Three in a row! Oh, God. Oh, going to Clooney City, baby! All in one episode. Oh, fuck yeah, no. Well, I mean, we could. We really could. We really could. Like, are you are are you willing to commit you, to that with can me? You slow do you down? want to do this with me? Do you want to go on this ocean's journey with it? We have no. four technically to watch. We have four to watch. Okay. No. 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 Okay. So we do all the. No. No. If we do the oceans eight separate, then we have to do all the oceans. No, please. I only want to do eight separately. Okay. How about we do? Because it's a prequel. I was about to say we should do eleven and twelve together because we've watched those two so many times. I don't think you've ever seen 13, but 13, 13 is fine. I don't think it needs its own. Listen, it's going to be some permutations of the Oceans movies coming next, y'all. Get really fucking psyched. Roll a dice. (sighs) Make a heist. Maybe remote controlled die that will like give you a specific outcome if you trigger a thing. Maybe like get an EMP and knock out power to Las Vegas. Maybe like hire a Chinese acrobat to jump around that you're safe. I don't know. Play, play poker with Topher Grace. That's my big recommendation for you right now. Do that. Just enjoy yourselves. Get ready because we're going to Vegas, baby. Going to Vegas. Oh, this has been home viewing. Until next time, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. Don't buy any more DVDs. A little less complicated Nobody looks at it that we 
Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.